Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying a new thing, so we'll just see how this all works out, okay? First, a little bit of theme song. Hi, everybody. It's me, Jake Johansson, and this is the Jake, this is Jake Johansson podcast, so uh, it's a good thing I showed up, because <laughs> it's on. We're doing it. And I'm shuffling some pieces of paper. I'm uh, getting all excited about uh, this week's show. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. I just got back from um, New Orleans, from the Jazz and Heritage Festival. And I had an awesome time, as you may or may not uh, know about me. That is a place that I love. If this is your first week listening to the show, then uh, you might be a little bit lost about uh, about that. But... Uh, Anyway, I go to New Orleans every year to the Jazz and Heritage Festival. This was my 19th year. I had an awesome time. That's where I was for the last week. I was not working, but I'm getting ready to go back to work. And when I go back to work, what am I going to be doing? Where can you come and see me? Well, here's something that happened during the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival to me, for me, in my career. I'm going to be performing uh, a couple of dates with Barry Manilow. I'm doing one on May 19th, which, uh, oh, you're going to have to check Barry's website for that. I'm going to put it on my website, but I don't even, <laughs> this is, now, here's an example of the preparation that's involved in this show, the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I don't know where I am with Barry on the 19th, but I'm going to get back to you on that, or you can follow me on Twitter. Um, but uh, I've got a couple of other shows with Barry Manilow at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, uh, California, and that's, those are going to be June 14, 15, and 16. I'm performing at the Greek Theater. That's the big news. Barry Manilow will be closing those shows. He's going to be bringing it on home. I think he's already sold quite a few tickets uh, without my help. And uh, they're a little... I'll be honest with you. There's a a lot of ways to see me cheaper than going to see me with Barry Manilow at the Greek Theater. But if you happen to be a a crossover fan of both of ours in the Venn diagram of that, you could come see that. Where else am I going to be? Well, I'm going to be at a corporate thing in Las Vegas in uh, May for Aptian. So if you work for Aptian and you're going to be in Las Vegas uh, May 13th to 16th, you could see see me there. But I'm, I really apologize because that's a very small amount of people. But now I've told you that that's where I'm going to be. And I've, I've blown the surprise. Aptian wanted to surprise you, but I, but I wrecked that for them. If you live in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, that is, and you are uh, going to be around... May 30th till June 1st. I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco. That's my old stomping grounds, and you can come and see me there. Or uh, if you live in the uh, Tampa Bay Area, I will be in Tampa at Side Splitters on uh, June 6th through 9th. So that's uh, back-to-back Bay Areas on either side of the uh, great United States, if you don't count Hawaii, because uh, there are several nice Bay Areas in Hawaii, but I, I won't be there. I was just there on a little vacation. But you know that. I'm digressing a little bit. And then I've got the uh, Barry Manilow shows at the Greek Theater. And then I will be down, uh, oh, down, down. Speaking of down under, I'm going down under to New Zealand in the end of June and uh, beginning to mid-July. And I'm hoping to get a gig in Sydney, Australia, July 11 through 14. So if you're in charge of booking people in Sydney, Australia, if you have a club... <laughs> you'd like me to play uh, I'm, I'm working it uh, on other angles but if you if you happen to be listening to this and you're in charge of uh, comedy gigs in Sydney Australia that's when I'll be there and I look forward to seeing you and then I'll be at the Montreal Comedy Festival the end of July and then in Gotham in New York City after that I've got a whole lot of other stuff coming up the rest of the year if you go to jake uh, this.com you can check all my 
dates and uh, many apologies for how long I've been talking about that. And without getting onto the show, let's get onto the show. Okay, here we go. I'll, we'll just put one of these in here. Yeah, that's nice. I got a new thing. I'm trying to re- I'm trying to record this on my phone so that when I'm down in New Zealand, I can record episodes and uh, post them right from my phone. Won't that be exciting, everyone? When that can happen. Anyway, I was just down in New Orleans, and it's always a great. Uh, it's always a great trip, and the great uh, one of the great things about it is you're down there, and you're just going from one great thing that you love to another great thing that you love, and so. Um, when you come back and you look at the news on TV, it all seems just a little bit silly or even stupid because um, the intensity of being in an audience watching people make music almost all day, except when you're eating something delicious, is just so much better than watching the news and worrying about a bunch of crap that you have zero control over. I mean, that's how I feel. I realize we live in a democracy. We, us, I'm, now there may be people here who live in a totalitarian state. And by here, I mean in the audience of this podcast because it is available worldwide on the Internet. But if you live in a totalitarian state, it might be hard for you to, to tune in to the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. And let's be honest, you probably have better things to do, um, like struggling for freedom. But uh, here, I realize we live in a democracy, but uh, a lot of times you watch the news, you feel like, I don't have any control over any of this, and it makes me nuts. And then the people who I put in charge, when I, you know, my little way that I can have control over things is by voting or trying to convince people to vote for things. Good luck doing that. If you've ever been up against that, trying to convince someone to vote for something, oh, my God, we all got our little idea of how the world is going to be, and... Uh, People just do not like to change their minds. I think if you're familiar with human beings, because you are one, you should be at least familiar with yourself. And you may think, I'm a person. I love to change my mind. I'm listening to people talk all the time, and I just change my mind when they convince me of things. Well, I would like to meet you. Please <laughs> post up on Twitter, and let's be let's be friends. Not, not just Twitter friends. Let's be real friends, because uh, I... <laughs> I've got some things I'd like to change your mind about. That's the problem with being a person who changes their mind. You're constantly being harangued by people like me who want to change your mind until finally you just go, look, I've had it with this crap. People trying to change my mind all the time. I'm going to make up my mind and I'm going to quit talking to those people. And that's where I think a lot of people are at. But uh, anyway, you come home and you watch the news and you really feel like, oh, God, what we've got to, it's, we let the monkey drive the bus. And, uh, and he's making a mess of it. And then it starts to seem funny, because what did we think was going to happen when we tossed the keys to the monkey? But uh, there's voting for you. You give your keys to the monkey, and you get what you ask for. Um, but uh, I did have a great time there listening to great music. You know, I got to see some of my favorites. And if you followed me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, or my vines were particularly exciting. You know, I've been really socially meeting, mediating it up for the week. And I have to say that uh, it's kind of been like treading water because <laughs> because my followers at the end of Jazz Fest was exactly the same as at the beginning. And I knew that a lot of people kind of checked in and bailed. And some people got on board because they liked the tweets about live music. But uh, it was uh, there, were, there were some people who were just like, look, I don't care about your late night experience with that screaming lady that you saw. And uh, I really had a great time listening to The Screaming Lady. I'm not trying to look on her CD because I bought her CD. Um, but now I can't even see what's her name. Big Big Pearl is the name of the band, but I don't know if her name is Big Pearl. 
one of her songs is Shake That Junk. So that just gives you the idea of the time that I was having. Uh, I was listening to a band who was playing a song called Shake That Junk. And I'm opening it now with my pocket knife. This is going to be probably, uh, I don't know if this episode is going to work out, but I'm going to do my best to make it count. I should have done a little bit of prep in terms of opening this up to see. Uh, here we go. Vocals by Lainey Ramos. I'm hoping that's her name. There's a picture of her with a unicorn on the inside of this CD. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I did explain on Jackie Cation's podcast when I talked about New Orleans that I have a policy of buying people's CDs at the show if I enjoy the show. And that's what I'd like you to do when you come to my show. Could you please buy the CD if you enjoy the show? You don't have to. Um, But uh, I enjoyed seeing her at the Apple Barrel, which is a tiny, tiny bar that only holds a, you know, it does not hold 100 people. And it has a terrible bathroom. But there's good times to be had in there. And there's this weird thing where you have to step up to the bar to get your drink. And it's packed, like packed with people shoulder to shoulder. So you're, And they're drunk. And they're trying to dance and bump into each other and order drinks. And this uh, Laney is uh, screaming. Uh, and it's, it's an awesome time. I'm surprised that more people don't fall down, just in general. But in New Orleans in particular, I'm surprised that more people don't fall down. Because uh, they are... Well, let's say they're in an altered state. but And usually it's happy. I have to say I saw a lot more happy drunks than cranky drunks, although I did run into a few people, you know, two two dudes who are obviously off on some chemical adventure early in the day. And this is out at the fairgrounds. It's daytime. But it, it had been raining. To be in their defense, you know, it was about noon or 1 o'clock, and it had been raining early in the day. And nothing makes you want to have a drink than being soaking wet outside in the rain. At least... <laughs> That's my experience. I don't, you know, I don't know how you are about being soaking wet outside in the rain, but uh, I do feel like at that point, yeah, it's nice to have a little, a little bit of a beverage. Uh, and anyway, that they were just, they were screaming things at the band from right behind us, and it, it's uh, eventually I thought I was going to have to just move away from them because I started to have the, the urge to uh, get into an altercation with them, which and I'm, I'm too old for that. I'm not just getting into argument fights with. And loud, kind of cranky strangers. And that's it's not going to end well. You know what's going to happen? You take a swing at them. Either they kick your ass. Always unpleasant. I'm just going to have to just say that I, that is just a theory that I have because I I don't really get into fights. So I, it's been a while since I've had my ass kicked. In fact, I can't even remember getting my ass kicked. I have I think I might have been in a fight when I was a kid and I got beat up, but I didn't really get ass kicked like where afterwards there were bruises or blood and so uh, that's that's good for me and that's that's where I'm coming from now in my life is I don't I don't want to get my ass kicked but it's not out of fear because even if you kick ass then there's a possibility they might sue you at the very least it's going to be time to go home you don't get to see the rest of the show when you get in an argument with a guy and it leads to rat- rolling around on the ground plus it was muddy so who wants that you're going to get muddy you're liable to get hurt this hook, this it's you know when they say it's not worth it, it really isn't worth it. You know, some guy could put his finger in your eye accidentally or on purpose. It doesn't really matter at that point because your eye is uh, you only get two eyes, and really you need both of them. Not like kidneys, where you could you know toss somebody a kidney if you know that would be a big deal, but you would still be fine with just one kidney. You go down to one eye, and it's like man, I only got one eye now. Your peripheral vision is affected, and uh, it's unpleasant. So I wasn't prepared to offer this guy my eye in return for telling him, look, could you be quiet and just let us all watch the band? So I was going to move away from him. But then 
he medicated himself into the next level where you just everything is you know so impressive and often awesome that uh, that you can't talk and <laughs> So that's what happened to him at about one thirty in the afternoon. So there was a little bit of that, uh, but uh, he was about he was about the crankiest guy. I did see another cranky guy. He was cranky about something that I was cranky about too, though. We were watching a live band at the Louisiana Music Factory. Eric Lindell, as a matter of fact. And if you get a chance to check him out, I, I'm pretty positive that if you like music, you will like him. Um, and and also if you like me and you like music i mean there are people like if you're if you're a hard speed metal you know aficionado and that's all you listen to don't check eric lindell out but but if if you're if you're another type of person then check him out because he's he's great if you like van morrison if you like uh, any kind of uh, soulful singy um good time and he's got a great voice he's good so i'm watching eric lindell and these two guys in front of me it's in a, it's in a music store so it's it's not a place that's really designed to see music well as you can experience from my description of the apple barrel there's a lot of places where there's music in new orleans that are not designed for people to listen to music which is kind of part of its charm <laughs> you know that, that music could break out anywhere or that a place could become famous for people going to see music that is at the same time, famous, and everybody wants to be there, and it's packed, and it's also terrible. It's like a place across the street that will be much better, but nobody goes there because this is the place you go. Anyway, so he's he's on Eric Lindell's on stage at the Louisiana Music Factory, and I'm back. You know, there's rows of CDs that are you know there for people to shop and buy, but it's too too packed for people to shop and buy because they're listening to the to the music. And the guy in front of me keeps holding up his uh, smartphone, you know, and it's big. It's a bigger smartphone than I have, so in one in in that sense, I'm jealous. I mean, he's also in front of me, so now I'm tw- I'm jealous of his of him twice. This guy, he's holding up his smartphone, and his smartphone is bigger than my smartphone, and and it's between my eyeballs, the two working eyeballs that I have, and Eric Lindell, who is the person that I'm standing there trying to watch make music with his mouth and his guitar, and so it's like I didn't come here to watch him on your smartphone. A and B, the smartphone is too far away for me to really see what's going on, but all I can see instead of the guy I'm trying to watch his face is his tiny um, body on this smartphone. So that's kind of making me mad. But then this guy comes in <laughs> who's fired up on something. You know, it seemed like it had to be more than booze, but he was excited. He was excited about seeing the show, and he was just going to kind of weave his way up and get in, get in front, which is a behavior that I've done before in my younger days. Now, I don't have the the strength for it. I get too much into uh, what everybody else is thinking and I'm going to piss him off if I get in front of him. But, you know, basically, look, and he was not, he was, he was about a foot shorter than me. So I don't care. But he, he was, he got, he first, he put his hands in front of this guy's face in between his face and the smartphone to get his attention. And the guy was kind of mad. And then he put his hand in front of the smartphone that was affecting the the film project that this guy was working on. It was like, okay, I agree with you, angry guy who is now confronting smartphone guy. But uh, then he was flipping him off and, you know, telling him, you know, fuck you. And now it's like now. okay, now there's a fight now. I think I preferred watching this show on another guy's smartphone to watching. Now there's a fight about to happen between me and Eric Lindell, the person that I'm watching. And so um, I would have preferred to go back to the smartphone. And then it was kind of like I I, then I then I was a little distracted. That that just lasted a little while. And then the. uh, the kind of cranky man went up front to enjoy to enjoy the show, uh, but it was a little bit uh, odd for me for the next couple of minutes because I was trying, as you can tell now, this, this is a week after this happened, 
I'm still trying to I'm just, I'm still sorting through it. I was trying to figure out uh, whose side am I on in this fight if it goes down cuz I I wasn't crazy about smartphone guy and and also, you know, and the other guy's point, you know, amongst the fuck you that he said was, you know, hey, watch watch the show, which is that's my that's where I'm at. Is let's, you know, take a picture, take a little video if you need to show your friend at home or make a little vine. I made a little vine of that show. You can go see that on my Vine account. Oh, man, I can't believe people have to go to your Vine account now. I can't believe I have a Vine account. I didn't really... I signed up for it. All the kids were doing it. I'm doing it. But uh, I will only interact with people who tweet me on Twitter because I don't have time. I can't go to Vine. I mean, I can go there and look at my comments, but then if I started interacting and conversing with people on Vine, then that's another place I have to go to interact and converse, and I just don't know if I have time for that. So if you would like to interact and converse with me then the best place is on Twitter, at Jake This, or you can send me an email, jake at jakethis.com. Anyway, back to the, back to the, so I, I just, uh, I feel like, you know, if you're watching a show, you can take a little video, take a little picture, no, there's no problem with that. Of course, and you're in a dark theater, and they say no photos, and that's one thing, but we're in a record store at broad daylight in the middle of the day. So now, now rewind and get, figure out how that guy could have been that cranky and hopped up. And in that situation, well, he was. So I did see that guy. So I saw two, a couple of cranky, hopped-up guys, and I don't know who. Which, if it comes to a fight, I don't want to fight. First of all, but I would like everybody to take it down a notch with their cell phone video, you know, photo projects. Just take it down a notch. Just get a couple of photos, and then uh, be here now, Baba Ramdas. I don't really know anything about Baba Ramdas. I just know that uh, that's a T-shirt that I saw. Um, Years ago, be here now, Baba Ramdas. Maybe there were, there might have been a couple of other things that were putting that in context. But uh, so anyway, Eric Lindell is one of my favorite people. Now I hadn't seen him for a few years. I saw Kermit Ruffins, who was awesome. I posted a picture of me and Kermit on uh, <laughs> Instagram. Don't go there, but you could look at it on my Twitter. And also, what I was saying is, I'm posting all of these pictures and little videos, and here's where I am. As I said, I would do on the podcast. I'm going to tell you where I am in case you want to come and hang out. And thanks, everybody who kind of <laughs> respected my privacy. I really meant if you show up, we could have fun together. But uh, I guess if people were there, they just did their own thing. There were quite a few people who, who did say nice things about living vicariously through the through the trip to New Orleans. So um, who else did I see that I, that I uh, uh, you know, R- Walter Wolfman Washington is, uh, you know, an iconic New Orleans guitar player, and he could do it all. He's like an iceberg. You only see the tip of him. If you watch a whole show, because he can do funk, he can do soul, he can do blues, he can do, um, you know, he can play with a big band. He's just, uh, he's just unbelievable. He can, he can play Eddie Van Halen kind of insane guitar solos. So I saw Walter Wolfman Washington. I saw Kermit Ruffins. That was great. Uh, I saw the Rebirth Brass Band. That was terrific. Ivan Neville and Dumpster Funk doing a uh, George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic tribute set, you know, Ivan Neville and Dumpster Funk do their own thing. Anyway, is this interesting to you guys? I sure hope so. Um, let me tell you who the big star people that I saw. I saw George Benson. I saw, um, I saw, ooh, I saw, you know, I saw Earth, Wind, and Fire. That was an awesome show. And this guy, Charles Bradley, who's uh, evidently, he was a, like a, he got, he got lost. He was, he, he was a fallen soldier in the world of soul singers from the 70s who, you know, sent, Sounded like James Brown, and then uh, kind of got caught in the undertow of show business, which involves, you know, I hate to bring it back to uh, 
substances, but that's what happened. We went to a backyard party where on the way into the party, they were, they were taking donations for this. Uh, let me get my little deal here. They were taking donations for this charity called uh, New Orleans Musicians Clinic, an assistance foundation. And what they do is uh, they prevent death by lifestyle, which I feel like is a thing that I've known about for a long time, death by lifestyle. That, ha that happens to people in show business, musicians and uh, comedians. Anyway, that's a charity that they have down in New Orleans, and uh, so we gave them a little bit of uh, a donation before a party. Anyway, that was New Orleans, and uh, I just had a great time, and uh, I know that some people enjoyed the tweets about New Orleans and some people did not. But uh, it's business as usual now. I'm back to normal, and I'm back in the world, and I'm trying to get used to the idea that uh, I have to care about what's on CNN again. And I'm really having a tough time. I don't really... I don't, you know, I'm not ready to completely check out of the world as we know it, because you got to be able to you got to be able to hang out with people and converse, and that's what people want to talk about is the news and the world. And let's face it, there's a lot to be concerned about. You know, my wife, global warming climate change, whatever they're calling that now. You know, that's a thing that she worries about all the time. And I, I really worry about it too, a little bit like, hey, what if, you know, forget about, forget about uh, trashing the planet. I don't, I don't really think we are going to trash the planet. I think what we're going to do is accidentally make it so the planet uh, can't support us anymore. You know, the planet's going to go into a acid, uh, acidic ocean, you know, crazy weather thing where not as many people can live here, if any people can live here, and we're going to be turning it back over to the dinosaurs. And so that bums me out, in a sense, if that happens. But it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, let's face it. I'm old, and I don't have any control over anything. I'm not that old, but I don't have any control over anything. That is just true. I have control over this podcast, and you may be thinking already, well, if you have control over it, what are you doing? You seem to be just rambling on. And I think that's what's going to happen this week, is I'm just going to kind of ramble on. I'm just going to ramble on. So if you've listened this far, thank you, and God bless. But uh, I, I had been concerned about climate change. And now I'm sort of feeling like, look, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I'm just going to have to roll with it. And hopefully I'm going to be watching some great music more often. You know, i got to commit to watching more music more often and making myself more happy and getting the most out of, uh, out of what i got to do because um, I'm busy. I've got a lot to do. I think I mentioned I'm opening up for Barry Manilow. That's happening. Barry Manilow puts on a little bit of a different show than the people in New Orleans, but I'll tell you something about Barry Manilow when you go see him. And I said this after I opened for him last year. He uh, he brings it. Barry Manilow does not fool around. He You're coming to see him, and he respects that by coming hot out of the gate. It takes him 10 minutes of blowing you away before he even says hello. And... Uh, but that's just a goal that I would like to strive for, sort of in my life. With You know, with stand-up comedy, it's a little bit different because you walk on stage and you do want to kind of, the first thing you want to do is say hello, and then you want to work your way up to blowing people away. <laughs> not that well, or maximize, I don't know. It's not, I don't, I don't like to think about it in terms of maximizing the laughs per whatever period of time, but I do, I want us all to have a good time. That's my goal. Come on out, let's have a good time. And uh, anyway... That's Barry Manilow's goal also. Super great. Super great show. I'm really excited to be working with him again. I think I need to take a small break and drink some water right now.
Bill, what? Okay, so we're back in it. Now we're back in it. I took a break, and I drank some water. I'm going to drink a little bit more water. All right, I'm clicking another thing because I'm recording this on two things at the same time. Just to make sure that there is going to be a recording of it because I don't need to be doing this again. I don't need a do-over on this one. Um, oh. I think it's totally time for you to have a beer. It's totally time for you to have a beer right now if you want to. Okay, so I'm back. We're back. Everything is good. All righty. So I know what you're thinking is, what else do you have to talk about? Do you have anything else to talk about this week? Well, and I do. I've got some things out of the Harper's Magazine, which there's a piece of paper. You know, I, I just uh, bring out the statistics and then I read here. The rank of China among global beer producers by volume is number one. China is the number one global beer producer by volume, which means, you know what that means. I don't have to explain that to you. They produce a lot of beer, but you would expect that because they have the world's largest population. And so it doesn't necessarily even mean that Chinese people like beer more than other people. It just means there's a lot of them. Did you know that more people in China speak English than there are living in the United States? You know, they, they that's that's a weird one. We, uh, we United States Americans, uh, because there are some other Americans in uh, North America and Central America and South America, um, but United States Americans, we, we're not even the, uh, the most people who speak English. China is going to have more people speaking English than we got here. But what, what do, we're number two in uh, the beer producers by volume. So that's saying something. I can, I can safely say that that means per capita. Uh, we're drinking more beer than the Chinese. So, <laughs> so yay us. Raise a big uh, stein of beer and your middle finger to China everybody, because we're drinking more beer than them. They're making a lot more uh, tiny things and selling them back to us at Walmart than we are to them. I don't even, I don't know if they have a Walmart in China, and I doubt it's full of stuff that we're making. Um, that's probably them just buying their own stuff back, which, yay for them. And it's maybe, I don't know if this is related to the amount of beer that we're drinking in America, but we should, maybe we should think twice about how much beer we're drinking. Maybe if we drank a little bit less beer, we could make some more things to... Um, to sell to China in their Walmart or whatever version of they, I bet they have Walmart there. I don't know. Believe me, I'm no doctor. I'm no expert. I'm no economic expert. I have no idea. I've been to China. Well, when I say I've been to China, I haven't been to mainland China. I've been to Hong Kong, China, and it was right after the end of the um, separation of Hong Kong and mainland China. But uh, Hong Kong was still a special administrative district, which meant that the Chinese could technically start going in there and kicking ass and making everyone wear the same color pajamas. But they they were not going to do that because Hong Kong was making them a lot of money by um, by selling stuff to the rest of the world. And that was before the rest of China, I think, was making our plastic stuff. But I'm not sure on that either. But I think a lot of that uh, tiny plastic stuff that we were buying before 2000 was coming from Hong Kong and not mainland China. But maybe Hong Kong was getting it from mainland China. I don't know. Again, we're beyond the scope of this class. I've had zero beer right now, American or Chinese, and uh, I cannot answer that question. Portion of U.S. workers age 50 or above who plan to delay retirement because of the financial crisis. That's one, one half. One half of American workers over 50 are planning to delay their retirement because of the financial crisis. Well, I'm planning to delay my retirement. 
um, not because of the financial crisis necessarily, although let's face it, I haven't, well, you know, that was a pretty good year for me. 2008 was the year of the financial crisis, you know, the most recent financial crisis. Unless there's one between the time I'm recording this and when you hear it, in which case, oh, you're in some, now I'm really, maybe I'm just going to, I'm never going to retire. I mean, that's really kind of where I'm at. I, I'm not really interested in retiring. I, I enjoy my job. And as long as we're all having fun at the nightclub, and believe me, that experience is different than this experience. If you think, hey, I'm listening to the podcast, I don't need to go to the live show. Hey, the live show is actually uh, condensed down much more uh, entertaining version of me than this. This show is more for if you already know who I am and you just like to hear me ramble on in my basement, or maybe you're sick of that and you're ready to go out in the world, or maybe this listening to this while you're out in the world walking around. Anyway, that's what this show is for, and I'm not retiring. I think retirement's overrated. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sit around? You can do all the retirement things. You got to just get your job right. You got to get it. You got to turn your job. Maybe just turn your job down a couple notches. Or instead of worrying about maximizing your money, maybe worrying about maximizing your good time, get down to New Orleans. Or why don't you start a little tiny bar with a bad layout? Why don't you start having live music in your little tiny bar that you own? Maybe you don't own a little tiny bar, but I bet you have a basement or a side room. Or maybe your bedroom. Or maybe your living room. Just move the furniture out of the way in your living room and put on some CDs and start dancing and having a good time and drink some of that American beer. See if you can get us up past China in the um, rank of global beer producers. See if you can do that, Americans. This is a this is a goal I think that's totally attainable by us. But it's <coughs> that's only based on my experience of watching Americans drink beer. It's not really mathematically based on the population of America or China or any kind of deeper understanding of how much beer we're both drinking. But it is something that we can do while we're postponing our retirement. There's no law that says that you can't have a beer after work, especially if you plan to work your whole life until they put you into the box. Now, that's not saying that you're never going to have any fun. That's just going to. That's just saying. I mean, uh, do you want to go? Do you want to? Do you want to cark it, as they say in New Zealand, which is from turning it. Turn your. When you want to turn into a carcass, do you want to cark it at uh, work, or at home, or in your sleep, or out having a good time? You know, there's there's a lot to be said for checking out on the dance floor. I mean, it's not going to be fun for the other people who are on the dance floor. It's probably going to freak them out a little bit, but. Uh, we're just talking about our. We're being a little selfish now, and talking about where we'd like to die. There's also the in your sleep. I mean, that is. I've always been a big fan of that one, but uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd kind of like to have a chance to wink and give the thumbs up to somebody right as I was on my way out, but that's just how I feel today. Sometimes I don't want to wink and give the thumbs up to somebody on my way out. Sometimes I want to give them the finger on my way out. But that's not a good way to die. That's just a that's just a bad day. That's just the definition of a bad day, everybody. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Um, so, what was I going to say now? Oh, the projected worldwide surplus of low-skilled workers by 2020. You know, and this is always a little tricky when they try and project out. That's what is that? Seven years from now, projected surplus of low-skilled workers is we're going to have too many. Ninety-three million too many. Well, that's a, that could be a rounding area when error, error, error. When you consider the population of the earth is what do we got? 7 billion people and they say 93 million. Pff, that many people could accidentally be locked in the bathroom and not show up for work. Projected worldwide deficit of high and medium skill workers. So we're going to have too many low skilled and not enough high skilled. We're going to need 85 million high skilled workers. So it just seems pretty simple. We, we just, uh, 
we we th- we throw some uh, we throw some college education at some low skilled workers and see how that works out. I think, or maybe we ask some people to come out of retirement. These are this is I don't know how this even works with how many people are supposed to be retired. Again, I read this stuff out of a magazine and just talk about it. I don't know if any of it is true or not. And speaking of which, rank of I don't know among most common answers Republicans gave when asked why black voters support Democrats was number one. Those Republicans they can't figure out why why. Uh, why um, black voters support Democrats. Hmm. <laughs> the, those Republicans, sometimes I'm not sure they're telling us the truth. Uh, rank of government dependence want something for nothing amongst the reasons that they think that black voters support Democrats. Oh, God. Now, now they're just flat out. That seems flat out racist to me. And again, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, you can't, like I said, you can't, you can't say, you can't say, um, you can't say, you can't say that we're in control of anything right now, can you? You don't, you don't know. You vote, you do your best, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I, I'm, I didn't know I was going to read a political one. Again, I, I get the piece of paper out, I look it over. Sometimes I'm reading it on here right as I'm first reading it for the first time. Not usually. As a matter of fact, I had looked at that one before and I marked some other things and then I read one that was right next to a thing that I'd already read. Um, but that was, I didn't need to read that. <sighs> Number of accidental 911 calls made in New York City last year by cell phones in pockets or purses. 3.9 million <laughs> accidental 911 calls. Oh, boy. That's not helping. That's not helping the response time of the 911 person when they're getting ass dialed 3.9 million times a year. Um, so I don't know what that says. You've got to lock your phone when you put it in your pocket. Who doesn't know that? I thought we all knew that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Lock your phone before you put it in the in your pocket so you don't accidentally call 911. So then those operators have to deal with you. Well, meanwhile, something terrible is happening to someone else, and they need help. They need help. But meanwhile, the 911 operator's tied up with your butt-dialed phone. <sighs> amount of Pakistan, amount Pakistan fined each of Osama bin Laden's widows for their illegal stay in the country. $110. Oh, well, that's... And that just seems like a, a little bit of a formality, but uh, also, yeah, your husband's dead. He owes 110 bucks. That's not a good day for anybody. But do we care about them? Mm, mm, mm. He liked to try and care about people, but uh, anytime Osama bin Laden's button is pushed, I kind of have a, I'm not sure I care about that, but that's me. That's me. Boy, percentage of U.S. veterans from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan seeking disability benefits is 45%. Man, they're, they're, they're disabled. I don't know how many of those are um, physical and how many of those are mental, but that's not, that's not, a, good, that's not a good number. Um, number of private citizens killed in 2010 by falling televisions is 16. So... Um, it's not a lot, but it's uh, it's worth mentioning. Stay out from under suspended TVs, everybody, because those can fall down and hurt you. And with that, I think I may say farewell until next week. This episode has been a little bit shorter than some of the other episodes, but uh, I'm trying to work with some new technology and figure some stuff out. And uh, anyway, I think that might be that. 
and you might be you and I might be me. And um, thank you so much for listening this week. And I hope that you will be listening next week. having a good time in this recording session. Thank you again, and uh, 